are now listening to the Bruce B. Faded Pod, and I am your host, Bruce B. <laughs> uh, I never know how to start these, but <laughs> welcome everyone to the uh, Bruce B. Faded Pod. I am your host, and unfortunately, the only person that your ears will have the uh, the displeasure of listening to. So, <laughs> I will be the only person you will hear over this next, uh, whatever, however many minutes. Hopefully, not hours. I promise you. I'm going to talk for hours about sports. <laughs> I could, but I won't. But I digest. So, and you know what? I have not done this in a week. So... I just watched the Golden State Maverick game. Um, basically, game four just wrapped up. And, you know, I want to give my thoughts on that. But you know what? I'm actually going to go through uh, some of my notes from the uh, entire series, actually. I want to go to game one because I haven't done this in a week. And, you know, I write down all this nonsense. And a lot of it is just fucking nonsense. But. So I'm just going to launch right into my uh, my series notes here about uh, the Mavs and the Warriors. So Wiggins in game one. I'm going back to game one. That's right. You know, Lo Siento. Wiggins in game one comes out with aggression, right, which is terrifying. And this is, you know, he's kind of been doing this a little bit in the playoffs. We started to get more aggressive. And I haven't gotten to game three. I'll get there. But. Wiggins is basically like a new player the Warriors have somehow acquired in these playoffs, which is amazing. But anyway, so in game one, uh, Wiggins is basically just completely aggressive. And he he's one of those, like, he's a complete mystery bag on offense, you know, this season. Like, he has these games where he's really aggressive and he's attacking and hitting threes. And then he has these other games where he just he doesn't do anything and... It's like he's not looking for a shot, and I just he's super inconsistent. But man, these last—I don't know—these last couple series, he's just really up the notch on his aggression. Like it's awesome. He's looking like why he was a number one overall pick, and uh, he, he's gonna get paid. No, don't get it wrong. He's gonna get fucking paid. So, pool by the way in game one. He's starting to look off defenders with just his eyes. Like, the guy's getting to the next level. He literally has this one play where he's driving, and he looks off the defender by, like, looking just up. Not even, like, with a head fake, but looking with his eyes. It was, I mean, he's he's getting, uh, I don't know what to compare him to, to be honest. Because people are saying, oh, he's like Curry Light. It's like, I don't know. I wouldn't say, it's almost like some of the stuff he's doing the handles he's got and the way he gets to the to the paint, it just the, the moves he makes. It's almost like he's more Allen Iverson. He I almost would say, you know, like he's like a taller Allen Iverson where he's just got these crazy fucking handles. Um, and then he's starting to pass the ball a lot better too, which is awesome. He tries to hit a buzzer beater in the third. This is going back to game one. He tries to hit a buzzer beater in the third where he stops, draws a foul, 
And basically, he, like, does this, like, lean-in one-footer buzzer beater. It's not even that he tries to hit the buzzer beater. Like, he initially tries to do it. He stops, draws the foul, then does a lean-in one-footer for a buzzer beater. I mean, dude, the guy is fucking unstoppable. And then he also has this, like, Euro layup move where he does this, like, Euro step fucking shit. I mean, he's just doing things. He's just out of control, man. Um, uh, he's basically breaking down double teams with, like, behind-the-back dribbles. Again, I just... I feel like he's kind of Allen iverson E. Like, that's that's the guy that I'd closest compare him to, the people that I've seen, more than Curry. But, uh, anyway. Uh, and so, anyway, game one, you know, Mavs are missing shots. Uh, you know, Guy Fieri, uh, he was there in the audience. So Guy Fieri. <laughs> so Guy Fieri was in the audience, right? Because the Warriors were cooking. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I, at one point, the uh, I'm going to cut this all out, by the way. <laughs> so stupid. So, uh Clay, um, the one thing about Clay, he just doesn't have the handles like like the way he used to. Like he's losing the ball costly on the dribble. Um, he Curry was beating his defender off the dribble constantly, but Clay was kind of having a tough time. So uh, so really, Curry's kind of you know basically ability to get into the paint and then kick it out was the whole reason why the Warriors were able to score early. And then yeah, and then pretty much game one. Ends up being where Curry just takes over the third quarter. The Warriors have one of their patented crazy third quarters where they're hitting threes. Um, crowd's getting into it. Uh, Curry takes uh, a charge on a two-on-one fast break. Um, Curry's even getting offensive rebounds. It was just everything was going right for the Warriors. That third was just like electric, man. And when Curry is hitting threes and he's dancing... You know you're in big trouble in Little China. <laughs> you remember that movie? If if you're young, uh, go check it out. Underrated. So <laughs> the Warriors, this whole game, right? And this is what they've done this whole playoffs. I mean, that's all they do is they cut, and they've done this before too. This is why the Warriors are the Warriors. They cut. That's all they do is they cut and they cut. They cut. I mean, they cut more than a cocaine dealer, man. It's just. That's all they do is they cut. When you have Draymond Green, basically, running the point, the one thing I wish Green would do more often would be actually attack the paint, try to get, like, a layup. And it just it's so unfortunate he never got, like, a little mid-range shot. Not even, like, I'm not even talking, like, an 18 or I'm talking, like, a 10 to 8-footer, like, some kind of, like, little, little bunny or some kind of just an easy little, yeah, just... Like a short mid-range shot. If he would have got that, oh man. Like how do you guard that? So anyway. So that's game one. Dallas Warriors game two. I'm going to try to uh, sum it up as basically Dallas has this huge lead right at the half. And, you know, Chuck was dancing because he's a big Mavs fan. And, you know, Mavs fans were tweeting how Luke is better than Curry. And things were looking good. Right, I mean, Luca came out unguardable, um, even though he was allegedly sick. 
That was the whole thing. It was like, oh, he didn't sleep and he's sick. Bullshit. They were calling it like, oh, it's like the Jordan flu game. Like, I don't know, man. When he was yelling at, uh, <laughs> when he was yelling at Boban, that was the funniest shit. Boban! Two lines, please, Boban! Boban! He sounded like fucking Schwarzenegger, man. I can't. I'm not even going to try to do it. Boban! <laughs> it's like an angry demon. Boban! Oh, it was just, it was too fucking funny. Uh. <laughs> okay. So I found it. So. Luca is supposedly sick. And I'm sure he was sick. Uh, you know, going into game two. And they recorded this just gem of an audio. So. Two lines, please. Boban, 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 Boban. Two lines. Boban, two lines. <laughs> just him yelling. <laughs> just him yelling at Boban is just. Ah. Uh, something just. <laughs> he sounds like fucking Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Get down, Boban! So, looked like the dubs in game two were going to get blown out, right? They were down by 19 with two minutes left in the half. They're arguing with the, like, every play they are arguing with the refs. The crowd is booing. They make a little run before the half. But Doncic hits this crazy fucking three from Alcatraz and tells the crowd to settle down. It didn't look good, right? It just, it didn't look good. Uh, then all of a sudden, second half, the dubs start hitting threes. Green gets his fifth foul in the dumbest way, right? It's six minutes left in the third. And he is attacking a three-point shooter who doesn't even it was like, ah, oh, Green, what are you doing? Ah, sometimes Green, his aggressiveness gets him in trouble, both with fouls and also with the refs. But you never want to take away from how he plays. So it's just one of those you go, all right. And he got his fucking fifth foul way too early, but it is what it is. But anyway, but Looney is so underrated. Uh, I was arguing with my coworker about Looney. Um, he thinks that the Warriors need a center. And I'm like, nah, man. Like, they got Looney. Like, Looney is pretty fucking good. Um, he just keeps attacking. And the crowd... This is the, when the game when the crowd was chanting MVP, you know, for his effort and everything he was doing. Um, Otto Porter Jr. was showing why he was the number one overall pick. What a luxury the Warriors have, right? That they have Wiggins as, like, their basically fourth scoring option right third or fourth scoring option as a number one overall pick then i'll get to wiggins and what he did in game three in a second and then they have Otto porter jr coming off the bench and he was a number one overall pick i mean it's crazy it's too bad he gets hurt later on but um it sounds like you know he'll he'll be ready for the finals uh when it comes down to it so anyway uh it's seven minutes left in the game and Curry and Clay are on the bench, and they're coming back, right, down as much as 19, um, and which is hilarious to me because people, people were complaining that the refs were giving the Warriors too much credit, 
And <laughs> to me, this is what I saw, right? I saw Curry got fouled on a four-point play where Mike Brown had to shove him to get back on defense. Damian Lee got pushed into Bertans, and then they called a foul on Damian Lee. And a minute later, um, they call a foul on Damian, even though it looked like Brunson pushed off with his arm, right? So you got those things. You got Wiggins gets a foul on a jump shot where Wiggins throws up his hands and yells, like, hey, foul, like, what the fuck? And Wiggins never shows emotion. I mean, when Wiggins is upset, you know they missed a call, right? You had Kerr arguing over seemingly every Draymond call, and he always does that, right? He always kind of defends his boy. I mean, you had you had the Bertons inbound fall. Uh, <laughs> can't even talk. And after the Bertons inbound foul, where it looked like Bertons just gets his feet tangled with Lee, and you can see Kerr saying, are you going to fucking call that in the playoffs? Like, really? But you had the double T on Bertans and the, the Bertans Lee flip play. There's a lot of Bertans stuff, right? Uh, where both players basically did nothing. It was so much ado about nothing. Oh my God. I mean, you had the foul on the clay going for a rebound where Finney Smith just like flips over his back and they call a foul on clay. Um, I mean, just the people arguing about the refs and them seeing uh, anyone saying that the refs were biased towards the Warriors and that they wanted uh, Draymond Green to get a second technical foul so he gets kicked out of the game. Dude, you're softer than the NBA right now, bro. Like, get that shit out of here. Like, I'm sorry. Like, who wants to see players get kicked out of a playoff game over arguing calls? I mean, is that the kind of playoff basketball that entertains you? Like, are you not entertained? But, like, Draymond Green getting taught. Like, Draymond Green gets away sometimes with arguing with the refs, Right. And he also gets teed up very quickly. It kind of goes both ways. His reputation works against him. But at the same time, like, let's say the Mavs had a really physical player and he got teased. I would not be cheering for the guy to get kicked out of the game. Not because of a hard foul or a flagrant foul or he hit someone at the head like Gary Payton the second, where he knocked him in the back of the head. I'm cheering for a guy to get kicked out of a playoff game because he's arguing with Mark fucking Davis. Give me a break. So, anyway. By the way, game two was also the game where the Mavs bench was basically standing on the court the whole fucking game. They've gotten fined for this multiple times, by the way. Um, the dude that was wearing all white with the blue lettering and then Curry threw him a fucking errant pass because he's holding up his arm like, he's calling for the fucking ball. Then you, I mean, like, that was so frustrating. I mean, then you have the guys that was... They, they're basically, there's some guys that, like, they're guarding pool from the bench. He's, like, trying to hit a three, and they're, like, six inches behind him, right? They're, I mean, they're, they're literally just right on his fucking shoulder. They didn't even give him space to land, which is why they got fouled, or they got fined. That's why the Mavs got fined. And so, yeah, anyway, so... Mavs were up by 11. It didn't look good. 
but Dallas goes colder than an Eskimo's nipple, and the Warriors start getting in the paint because Dallas couldn't keep anyone in front of them. And then Poole was shouting at Bertans or after scoring on him. Uh, Looney was getting whatever he wanted at the rim. He he was being aggressive, which was awesome. He was cleaning up the glass. And the Warriors actually came back in one game, too. And so that's when, as a Warrior fan, you're feeling pretty fucking good. And then you have Mavs-Warriors Game 3. And Wiggins is the story of this game, by far. Come out of Game 3, Wiggins was the story, and his dunk on Luka was the story coming out of that game. So, I was kind of shocked that the uh, the Warriors won Game 3, to be honest. Um, so, usually the, uh, the home team, down 2-0, they come out with some intensity, right? And they get out to like an early lead. They're backed up by the crowd, the role players. You know, they had a couple shots early. Um, the Dallas crowd was fucking ready for this game. For some reason, the Mavs didn't take this early lead, right? And the Dubs actually had an early lead uh, in the first quarter of Game 3. Uh, but Luka did hit a buzzer beater at the end of the quarter, and it seemed like he kind of swing momentum a little bit. So uh, Otto Porter Jr., this was the game where he got hurt, which was huge. Sounds like Otto Porter is going to be good for the finals, but... Getting a little ahead of myself. So, anyway. So, this is the game where Otto Porter Jr. Looked like he got hurt. And he's probably been the best bench player for the Warriors for this series. Outside of pool. And now they're playing Juan Toscano Anderson. It's like, oh man, things are going to get real interesting when they're playing GTA. Man, and not GTA it's JTA. Like, that guy is always an adventure, man. Just like playing GTA. So, <laughs> Poole gets a horrible called third foul. Uh, it's early in the second quarter, right? Where he isn't even trying to block or steal. And he gets called for a foul. I mean, the refs, it seemed like game three, were benefiting the Mavs for sure. And, uh, and then the, the fucking Warriors were playing Moody. I love it. I love the Warriors played Moody. Moody. So Moody's getting minutes. JTA's getting minutes. I mean, I couldn't believe it. So Draymond gets a tee, and there's no surprise there, but the call was bad. It looked like he established both feet back in time. Uh, they even showed it back a couple times. He's arguing with Mark Davis, right? And he gets a tee. And now I'm wondering how many tees is that in the playoffs? Because um, he's going to get suspended soon and it's like the dumbest fucking rule in the playoffs i hate the whole oh he got suspended because he had too many t's it's just it's a dumb fucking rule i think every series it should start over i think it should be okay let's say you get four technicals in one series you know what even more than that let's say you get five technicals five technicals in one series I can see you being suspended. However, that would mean you'd be suspended for like game seven. But I think what it would do is it would make people be, I just hate the rule in general, man. They should get rid of the rule. It's a stupid fucking rule. I don't even like the number of T's he gets suspended. It's a dumb rule. So anyway, so Wiggins does this spin move, right? He can spin left or right. But with him attacking, especially with, because 
basically Wiggins has to attack when Luca is guarding him because he has to, you know, actually put some pressure on him. Unlike what the Pelicans were doing in the, I know I'm going back now, but the Pelicans and Sun series, the Pelicans were not attacking Chris Paul. Whereas that's what you have to do. You have to attack someone who, you know, wants to basically not hide on offense, but you got to make them work on defense. And so anytime Doncic is guarding Luka or anytime, <laughs> anytime Doncic is guarding Wiggins, he has to attack him. And you can see Wiggins is starting to gain confidence with that spin move, right? I mean, he's starting to turn into the fucking spin cycle. Uh, I mean, it, it's so stupid. Wiggins is starting to be able to spin either fucking way, man. And so, and then Wiggins, dude, Wiggins has the play of his career with that dunk on Luka. Can't believe they called that an offensive foul. Mark Davis, again. Uh, and just because it's Luka, right? He flops fucking hard all the time. Dude should have stick to soccer. <laughs> he never played soccer. Well, my God, man, I can't believe they called that a foul, an offensive foul. So, of course, the Warriors challenge it. Um, and, you know, they review it, and then you see the the replay a million times, which was awesome. Did take away from the momentum a little bit. Uh, Green touched on that. But Wiggins just made a poster out of fucking Luka, man. Holy fucking moly. This is the Wiggins game, right? I mean, Curry does get tripped by a uh, someone who's serving beer. I guess Curry got tripped over, like, the beer tray, which is kind of ridiculous. Conspiracy. Um, but yeah, the, the Warriors basically, uh, just like in game three, they own the third quarter, uh, and the series, it's what they do. The Warriors always own the third quarter. It's what they did back in the kind of like height of the dynasty years. And the Warriors are doing the same thing this playoffs and the Warriors own the, like, basically they just dominate the third quarter again. Right. Um, when the Mavs just came out super flat, the crowd was flat, and they couldn't really solve the Warriors 3-2 zone, especially when you have Looney and Green as the low post defenders. And the Warriors were just destroying the Mavs on the glass. I mean, just fucking whooping them, especially offensively. The rebounds were offensive. They're very offensive. The Warriors were getting rebounds even when Wiggins played the four and Green the five. And Bullock couldn't buy a field goal this game. I mean, Bullock couldn't buy a field goal if he took a loan out. He was 0 for 10. So, um, it looked like it was over, right? The fans were leaving. Mavs make a little run. They actually did cut it to 5 with a little over a minute left. Yeah, I was a little nervous, so I'm not going to lie. But then Poole hit that 3. And that's when he turned around and he uh, blew the uh, kiss of death. And, uh, and then, yeah, and that was pretty much it. And then game three was uh, a wrap for the Warriors and no team has ever blown a three Oh series lead 146 and O. So Warriors, I feel pretty confident in, uh, in them not blowing this series, even though they did lose game four, which I'll get to. Uh, but the Warriors in game three did set a record or ex- rather 
the Warriors extended a record 26 consecutive playoff series with at least one road win. That's marvelous. All right, so Warriors are up 3-0 in the series, and that brings us to game four that we all saw tonight as I'm recording this. Warriors Mavs in Dallas, and uh, early on, it seemed like Looney is starting to realize that he can just get whatever he wants if he just attacks the paint. Um, Because the Mavs kind of have this matador, or as I was calling it, this mavador. (laughs) I'll uh, be here all week. (laughs) Olay! So, the Mavador defense on Looney wasn't really working when he was attacking. Um, but, so early on, Looney was getting some points, right? And, uh, and Draymond Green's screens. Green's screens are amazing, right? He sets these picks that are so effortless. Uh, he almost never gets called for an illegal screen. Because he just knows how to hold his position. Because he's strong like bull. And because he just knows how to get away. Uh, uh, he <laughs> Way too high for this. Because just he just gets enough in the way of the trailing defender. That Curry has enough room to let it fly. And Curry doesn't need a lot of room. So just give him like an inch, right? He's... He gone. He's he's letting it letting it fly. And it seemed like they were picking on Curry, the Mavs were, um, on offense, which is by the way, the best way to attack is starting five, uh, the Warriors. You know, when you're going Looney, Green, Wiggins, Clay, and Curry, yeah, like it makes sense to keep attacking Curry. And Brunson's pretty strong himself. So it makes sense that they kept going after him. Uh, especially Luca when he had him on switches. So, uh, I love that the Warriors would go to a 3-2 zone, especially after a timeout, uh, to protect Curry a little bit. But it just wasn't enough this game. So, uh, anyway. So, uh, early on, they bring in Kaminga. And I just love the Kaminga minutes. Um, I don't know why he wasn't playing uh, a bit more earlier in the series. I know he played out of fucking control like a five-year-old on a sugar rush from the previous series with Memphis, but that's because he started a few games when GP2 got injured. He was way too young to be starting playoff games. And um, and I blame Mike Brown for that. Thanks, Mike Brown. And the Dubs figured out, oh, yeah, let's just start our best defensive lineup, you know, with the veterans. And not a 19-year-old rookie who's only been in the country as long as TikTok has existed. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe don't start Kaminga. Maybe bring him off the bench. Cough, Mike Brown. <laughs> anyway. But I love the Kaminga minutes. Because the main thing Kaminga does is he just always goes forward. He wasn't. He's not one of those like he gets a ball. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to jack up like a shot here. I'm going to jack up a three. The guy is always driving to the basket. He just always is going forward. And the, uh, the Mavadors defense at least you know the first three games um you know you can't guard anyone going to the paint and so i love the uh the kaminga you know attack in the paint mindset 
So have the kid with limitless energy just flying at the rim because he just wants to dunk. Kaminga wants to dunk everything. Like, it's fucking hilarious. He gets fouled a lot right at the rim because he just wants to dunk everything. It's it's fucking awesome to have that 19-year-old <laughs> youth where you just don't give a fuck. So, so it looks like early on, uh, Curry might have bruised his uh, thigh when he was driving in the first, which is even more of a reason for Dubs to close out this series early. You don't want a series to linger because then bullshit can happen, injuries can happen, you get worn down, just like what's happening with the Heat and the Celtics. I'll get to that later, but anyway. Uh, to start the second quarter, uh, we got a brief look at the Warriors' future when they started Poole, Kaminga, Moody, and Looney all together on the same floor with uh, for some playoff minutes. Um, you know, it seems like Looney's been with the Warriors forever, but he was drafted in 2015. He's only 26, and his contract is for another three years. So there's a good chance that when Curry and Green retire, and I know it sounds crazy because it's like we're on this fucking phenomenal run right now if you're a Warriors fan. Um, the Warriors are just on this crazy run. But Curry and Green probably will retire in three years, you'd think. I mean, Curry would be 37 and Green would be 35. I think Green and Curry are going to retire at the same time. I have a feeling because they're just kind of like linked um, to this team and, you know, to each other. So I just feel like, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. Three years, it's a long time, though. But then you look at Brady and LeBron and some of these players that are just playing amazing, even past their quote-unquote prime. So, who knows? But, anyway, we got to look at the Warriors of the future with, uh, you know, the Moody, Kaminga, Poole, Looney lineup. Because, again, Looney's pretty young. But when the Brooks were out there, the Mavs do go on a double-digit lead. And they kind of never looked back from there. I mean, they, they held the lead until the very end, um, which they did come back a little bit, the Rooks, interestingly enough. But it seemed like the Mavs were going to blow out the dubs several times. The Warriors were just kind of like hanging around, hanging around. Um, but some of the dubs' shots were just so flat. Like Clay Thompson and Curry, some of their shots were so flat. The dub shots were as flat as like that soda, you know, that like you take out from the fridge. And then maybe you like, you have a few sips, you know, You're like, ooh, this isn't bad. And then you totally fucking forget about it. And then you come back to it, whatever, way later. And you're like, holy shit, what, what happened? What happened? <laughs> that was the dub shots in this game, especially early on, first half of game four here. Um, so you can tell that the dubs really need the rest. That's why they have to close out this series soon because you can tell they got some tired legs. So, um, but then, so the second half starts, right? And there is a rain delay. Let me, uh, sip my beer here to, let me repeat that. To start the second half, there is a rain delay in a basketball game. 
in a professional basketball game, a playoff basketball game. Hey, Mark Cuban, you got all this fucking money. You're sitting courtside and your stadium has a rain delay. I mean, aren't you embarrassed? I mean, of course, right, it has to rain on the side of the Splash Bros, right? It has to rain on the Warriors' side because the Mavs were hitting their threes like crazy this game. At one point, it looked like they might set a fucking record, a playoff record for threes. Of course, everyone had to make the joke. It was raining on the court. Just like the Mavs were raining threes. It's like, uh, yeah, of course, right? And then, uh, it was just, they had every fucking towel imaginable, right, to fix this this water leak. I mean, it looked like a beach resort at the end of a day. It was just towel humanity. (laughs) And And then before they cut to the break, what's their solution to get it fixed? They have this Poor fucking guy, this like this teamster looking dude up in the rafters holding a towel below the leak. A towel. Like he's catching the rain with a fucking towel. Like this this guy the this teamster's the rain catcher. <laughs> so anyway, they patch it up uh with some tarp. Cause you know, Mark Cuban's good like that with the uh with the expenses. And so it was just a weird game, right? Uh, Draymond Green, he gets a free throw that gets stuck at the top of the rim. Like it actually rests on the top of the fucking rim. That's how weird this game was. It was just a bizarre game. Um, And then even Bullock. Bullock was blocked in. I mean, the guy hit six threes. uh, Complete opposite of game three. The role players showed up for the Mavs this game. The role players showed up. And Dallas actually just goes crazy from three in the third. At one point, they were eight from ten. And uh, it just seemed like, you know, again, everyone had to make the, it's, they're making it rain joke after the leaky fucking roof. At one point, Luca looked like he got hit in the groin. And that's kind of how it felt like watching this game as a Warriors fan. It kind of felt like getting hit in the groin. Um... <laughs> That's kind of how it felt like watching this game was getting hit in the groin. Um, <laughs> it was just, it was a sloppy game. Warriors weren't hitting their shots. The delays with the leaky roof. Um, it was just a, just a weird game. So, so anyway, the only positive you can take out of this game from a Warriors perspective is that the young guys actually got some playoff minutes. Um, And actually, the young guys cut into the lead in the fourth. I mean, the Dallas had to keep their starters in the whole time. It was, that's how, at one point, the Warriors cut it down to eight. That's how crazy it was. I think the Warriors were almost down by 30. I think it was 29 or something. And they cut it down to eight with pretty much the youngsters. Um, So, yeah, with Kaminga, Poole, Moody, and Bioritsa, they fucking cut the lead down to eight with three minutes left. And that's just when it seemed like, are they going to really pull this out? Is this really going to happen? Uh, and this is when, again, the Dubs and Kerr, Kerr pulled all the starters out in the third quarter. They were done. 
But then Kaminga goes to the wrong guy in the zone, right? He lets Luca just drive right to the lane and get a free bucket. And then Kaminga has a charge on Brunson. He just barrels right into him. And uh, even though Kurt challenged it, because I guess you kind of have to challenge it, even though it was a pretty clear charge, and it didn't get overturned, obviously, but yeah, the momentum at that point was done. So even though they cut it down to eight, those two plays, um, it was pretty much over as far as game four was. Um, but that's what happens, you know, when you play youth. Youth makes mistakes. Makes and mistakes. They make plays and they make massive mistakes like those two Kaminga plays at the end of the game. But again, the positive thing, looking forward, going to Game 5 for the Warriors, and I think they will close it out in Game 5 at home in San Francisco. And again, the good thing, looking forward to the Finals, which I think the Warriors will advance to because it's not going on a limb because they were up 3-0, right? So they'll probably close it out Game 5. But the good thing going forward is that the youth looks like they're ready to play big playoff minutes, man. Kaminga, Moody, obviously Poole. Um, they look like they're ready to play um, playoff minutes. So, And there's some talk that Iguodala is going to come back now in the finals. So if they get Iguodala back, Otto Porter Jr. back, and maybe, maybe Gary Payton the second, man. The Warriors right now um, look like the, to me, clear favorite just because of that depth they have on bench and because of their veterans they have in the starting five. But And, uh, you know, we'll see who comes out of the East. And I'll break that down right after the break. All right. So, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat. Game two, right? Celtics finished the first quarter on a 17-0 run. This is when they were down 1-0 in the series. So they obviously came out with some fire. And they went 9 of 11 from three. I mean, everyone was hitting the gritty. (laughs) Jalen Brown, Williams, no one can miss. Just the Heat could not hit anything for like a long stretch. And then Marcus Smart coming back made a huge difference. I mean, he was dishing dimes. He didn't look like he was that limited on defense. Um, I thought he might be compromised a little bit, but he did not look as injured as he did when he was walking in the stadium. So I don't know if he was milking it for the TV. Um... Did he take some Batman adrenaline juice? Maybe before the game? Or is he just Marcus Smart, the robot? Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, in game two, <laughs> Boston seemed to have control of the entire game. Uh, I mean, the Heat could never really mount like any kind of sustained run because their offense kind of has these moments or these spurts, these runs where they just can't get anything going they can't generate anything outside of butler right 
and maybe some out of bio pick and rolls. So, so anyway, this series has been kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. Like this Boston Miami series, uh, I'm going to talk about game three here in a sec, but this series as a whole has been kind of weird because it seems like every game is a blowout. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, it seems like every game, by the end of it, I kind of am watching or doing something else. <laughs> it's, it seems like by the fourth quarter, I'm like, eh, you know what? Eh, I'm going to play some video games. <laughs> What's What are the Giants doing? Oh, they're losing again? All right. Uh, which, by the way, the Giants did win tonight. Came back 13-12 against the Mets. Anyway, so Boston-Miami... Game three now, right? We're in Boston. And Lowry is playing for the first time in nine playoff games. And he seemed to have an immediate impact. Like, right off the bat, the first quarter, um, he seemed to actually, like, you know, be contributing on offense. And he kind of seemed to be their, uh, their main facilitator. And then all of a sudden, he heads to the locker room. Cause he's hurt right off the bat, <laughs> but the heat have this secret weapon called Adebayo. Adebayo man is dribbling up the entire length of the court and then getting a layup. I mean, how many centers can do that? I'm mean, like, really like Adebayo dribbling the whole length of the court after getting a rebound. And then sometimes he gets a layup. Sometimes he draws a foul, right, as he drives to the hoop. I mean, that is such that that is such a luxury. How many centers can do that? Maybe, I mean, it's pretty much Jokic and Embiid and then maybe DeAndre Aiden. That's pretty much the three that could do that. So Adebayo is so good. And game three, he was amazing. Uh, I mean, he was starting fast breaks. He was finishing, uh, you know, fast breaks on his own, which was hilarious. <laughs> Even when he gets a steal, he was like, you know what? I'll start my own fast break. <laughs> so, Adebayo is definitely one of the better centers in the league. And he's probably underrated, just like Looney. He's, I would say, better than Looney, obviously, but... Adebayo and Looney just don't get a lot of credit. It's kind of like, oh, ho-hum, you know, whatever. 10 points, 10 rebounds, double-double. But Adebayo in game... Adebayo just went out of control in game three. It was awesome. So the Heat have an early 17-point lead, and it actually balloons up to much as 26 Thanks to Adebayo. It was all Adebayo, man. Attacking, defending the paint. Um, he was just doing everything in the first quarter, right? And, I mean, honestly, Adebayo in this game was pretty much Robert Downey Jr., right? He was the original Iron Man, um, which... <laughs> By the way, I mean, what else did you want Adebayo to do? Did you want Adebayo in game three? Should he direct too? I mean, should he be calling an inbound play for himself? By the way, side note, 
The reason why I compare Autobio to Iron Man and RDJ really is because Robert Downey Jr. rewrote a lot of his lines in the first Iron Man. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark and he basically birthed the MCU. So anyway, so <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. did everything in the first Iron Man and he basically made that role just like Autobio made this game three. Um, the Celtics did make a little run before, uh, before the first half. That Tatum, he got, you know, he got some points going, but uh, P.J. Tucker was just locking him down. Um, he hit a three right before half, and the crowd was going crazy. I mean, I, the Celtic crowd <laughs> was going nuts. I've never seen a crowd more fired up to be down 15 going into the half. It's like, I get it. They were down 25. They cut it down in a 10-0 run. But, like, all right, chill, guys. Like, I don't know. They were, they were just they were going a little too crazy being down 15 points at the half. So, anyway. The worst thing, though, that happens to Boston, besides maybe the Tatum injury, is that Smart goes flying in for a rebound, as he always does, and he lands awkwardly, right? He, uh, him and Lowry, uh, uh, sorry, Lowry kind of lands on his right ankle, um, which is already turned, and it just compounded the whole thing. And it looks like, honestly, Marcus Smart might have broken his fucking ankle. The way he bent it, the way he was screaming in pain, the whole thing gets helped off into the fucking, you know, the, the locker room. Then he comes back to the bench jogging. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was shades of Paul Pierce, bro. <laughs> it was a little shades of Paul Pierce. Uh, but I just think it was pure adrenaline that got him back in the game. I think they told him, hey, man, it's not broken. You just rolled your ankle. Uh, and then he comes back and he hits a fucking three. I mean, the dude is tougher than overcooked steak. It's ridiculous. But uh, but he ends up not playing game four. Uh, spoiler alert, you know, for a game that was played a uh, couple days ago by the time you hear this. But yeah, Marcus Smart, it turns out, when he fucked up his ankle this game, he came back from just pure adrenaline, but he didn't... He really fucked up his ankle. That was bad. That was, he really rolled his ankle. And... The worst thing you could do on a rolled ankle, not that I'm some medical expert, you know, um, this isn't house, <laughs> but the worst thing you could do on a rolled ankle is, oh, I'm going to just keep running on it, you know, so we'll see what he can do for game five if he even gets out there, Mike is smart, but so smart coming back, it just boosts up the whole crowd, right? I, the, the crowd was just fired up, um, and then Tatum gets hurt, and it was just like, what is going on in this game? Because, uh, all right, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, the crowd is, so when Smart comes back, right, and it cut it to around 13, the crowd is just going nuts. They're standing like the whole third quarter. 
the crowd is just losing their mind with the refs. I mean, it is fucking hilarious. Like, when they start the fourth, they show that Miami is 5 of 5 from the free throw line. You know what Boston was? They had 24. They shot 20 more free throws. Why aren't they bitching? I mean, what do they want? 40 more free throws? Jesus. So anyway, so Butler doesn't play the whole second half because he ends up getting injured. But Oladipo ends up playing a lot. And Oladipo was just a thief in that game. I mean, Oladipo was just getting steals left and right. It was it was crazy. Um, Oladipo was a bigger thief than John Wall, and not because of John Wall's defensive prowess, or because he stole the ducky. Because Wall is paid forty seven million dollars this season. <laughs> anyway. It's admirable the Celtics even make a comeback in this game, especially with Smart looking like he fucking broke his ankle. And then Tatum gets hurt on a steal. With ABC bumping the boys back in town, boys back down, while Mark Jackson narrates a Brown drive. What can Brown do for you? As, As Tatum proceeds to travel and knock Lowry's teeth out on an offensive foul that wasn't called, by the way. It was just, it was priceless, <laughs> unintentional comedy. And then, of course, Tatum gets hurt and he comes back again, him and Smot. And the crowd is just going nuts at this point, right? And uh, it's just, it, I was thinking, like, it's just the, I can't even talk. Is this just what the Celtics do? Like, is this just Celtics things? They get really hurt? And then it looks like, oh, I'm going to be done for the series. And then they come back five minutes later to boost the crowd. I mean, is this the Paul Pierce Academy? Or something? <laughs> uh, but anyway, Brown ends up scoring, I think, over 40, but it doesn't matter. Because Struz hits the big three um, with a little over two minutes left. And then he plays this, like, amazing denial defense on Brown, uh, which leads to a 24-second shot clock violation. And Adebayo somehow hits this, like, crazy buzzer beater jumper where he just kind of throws it up. And that's when he knew it was over. And uh, that put the Celtics away. So, yeah. So Adebayo really was the Robert Downey Jr. of this game. And so somehow uh, in game three, Lowry doubles all his stats, his points, his assists, his steals. I mean, ends up leading to a franchise playoff record. Franchise playoff record, 19 steals. 19 Steals in a game. That's crazy. Which leads us to Boston, Miami, game four in Boston. And Marcus Smart is actually not playing. So White actually started this game um, because it felt again like Smart was playing on just pure adrenaline in game three. And guess what? 
It didn't matter. It did not matter. White starts the game with the first seven points. It seemed like he was ready for the fucking moment. Uh, you got to love players that are ready for the moment to step up. You know, it's like, oh, their moment is called and they step up to the plate. So the Celtics are actually 4-0 in these playoffs after a loss. And this is going into game four. So, uh, yeah, spoiler alert, the Celtics win game four. So now they're 5-0 and in these playoffs after a loss. So, anyway, Tatum in this game was really aggressive. He was not settling for any jump shots. Um, so Tatum ended up being 0 for 4 from 3 in the first half, and he still scored 24. And he actually ended up with 31 points, even though he was 1 for 7 from 3. So he had obviously a really efficient night from, uh, you know, not the three-point range, just from attacking the paint constantly. He was 8 for 16 on his field goal attempts, which is pretty damn good. Eight rebounds, five assists, two blocks. I mean, Tatum just filled up the stat sheet. And um, White and Tatum and the Celtics defense led to a crazy early lead for Boston, right? Um, it, it was good for the Celtics defense, but is it good Celtics defense? Or is it horrible Miami offense? I mean, the Heat have these stretches where they couldn't score it with a drunk girl on Tinder. It was Valentine's Day. Yeah, I mean, they started out 0-14 from the field goal range. 0-14. I, I think it was the worst shooting start in 25 years for a team in a playoff game. It was that bad. The first field goal wasn't until Oladipo hit a tray with less than three minutes left in the first quarter. That's how bad their shooting was. It was pathetic. And honestly, once you look at it, the Miami Heat, who can create on the Heat other than Butler? I mean, Adebayo is really, really good. Um, just like, you know, when they won uh, the game before, Adebayo is amazing. But for some reason, they weren't running any pick and rolls with him and Butler. Looked like Butler was a little hurt. Um, Lowry, too. Lowry is 36 years old, and he's been limited by injuries. Uh, Struess' offense is more of a three-point shooter. He's not like a driving kick guy. P.J. Tucker doesn't really want to shoot unless like he absolutely has to. He's more of like a, a hustle guy. He's kind of like Bobby Portis or Bobby Hustle, as I call him. Uh, and then Oladipo, he's only been averaging 12 points a game in these playoffs, and yet somehow he's like your main option on offense in the first half. That's not good. Um, so you're basically... Basically, the Heat are relying on Duncan Donut Robinson and Tyler Anti-Villain as their um, their scoring options to pick up the offense. But the problem with playing them is that they get picked on, you know, like a schoolyard bully who's got nothing better to do to pick a fight with a kid who's wearing Velcro shoes. A little personal for me. A little personal. <laughs> 
So the first half ends up leading to Miami having the fewest points ever for a playoff game in the first half. I mean, in the first quarter, they have 11 points. They're down 11 to 29. And it kind of felt like it was over at that point, to be honest. Um, Yeah, again, the old 14 start did not help. And uh, Miami almost came out like they didn't give a shit. Like, their shot sucked. Uh, They were getting killed, like, Friday the 13th on the glass. Their body language was horrible. It was horrible. Horrible? I mean... I didn't see anyone getting upset by the fact that they were getting blown out in a conference finals game. I mean, where is your anger? Where is your energy? Doesn't the team have access to Red Bull or something? (laughs) I mean, the starting lineup was 5 for 22 at the half. When Victor Oladipo has 18 of your 33 first half points, you know you're in for a long night. You know you're in for a longer night than Amber Heard's lawyers. That's right. Keeping it topical. And so in this game, Horford, even though he did not light up the box score offensively, only five points, he did fill up the fucking stat sheet. Otherwise, he had four blocks, 13 rebounds, Three assists. I mean, the guy was making an impact everywhere. So Horford continues his renaissance. And, you know, at one point it was 37 to 69 in the third quarter, right? And Miami calls timeout. And honestly, I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep watching or play some video games. So I did both. That's the beauty of two TV screens. By the way, anyone listening, the probably two people that are actually listening to this, I highly suggest getting two TV screens. It's a fucking life changer. It really is. You can have a game on on one screen and then be watching a movie on another. You can be playing a video game and have some bullshit fucking documentary, I don't know, you're watching the stock market in case you care about that stuff. You got a baseball game on, which you don't really need like, you know, to be following every fucking pitch. You got, by the way, the Giants, well, what a game today. Came back, won 13-12 for the ninth inning. What a fucking game against the Mets. Well, anyway, so, I, uh, This game in the fourth quarter was just a fucking blowout. I mean, every game in this series has felt like it's been just a complete blowout for one team because, oh, wait, it has been. And so going forward, my prediction is that unless Jimmy Butler is really hobbled by his injury and, like, unless he's really hurt, which I can't, ah, I don't like to guess how injured a player is, you know, whatnot. But as long as Jimmy Butler is healthy, and I know the Miami Heat crowd has about as much energy as a fucking graveyard, right? I mean, they are listless. (laughs) 
I shit on them all the time. Having said that, if it goes to seven games, which it probably will, having that game at home is huge for the role players. Role players always play bigger at home. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe DJ Cal will be there and he'll be giving a back rub to Eric Spolstra. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? So either way, I like the heat coming out of the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, it's going to be Warriors heat. Predicting the Warriors at this point is not really a big shock. You know, they are had a 3-0 series lead, so it would be pretty shocking if they blew that. But yeah, I'm going to go with the Heat in the East. I'm going to go with the Heat. Um, I just, I like their coaching um, with Spolstra. Um, I think Butler is just a fucking, he's a gamer, even though he might be a little hurt. He's going to be playing these last three games, potentially. He's going to be playing. And out of bio, man, he might be, if you had to rank centers, he's easily in the top five. Easily. I mean, after Embiid and Jokic, he's right there with Aiton. So, when you combine that, and then P.J. Tucker, who's just perfect for playoffs, because if they're not calling fouls on P.J. Tucker, he can just do whatever the hell he wants. He can just, he can just harass Tatum all day. Um, so, I'm going to go with the Heat. I'm going to stick with the Heat. So, even though the Celtics just blew out the Heat this last game, I think the Heat are going to bounce back game five. Um, I think no matter what, it's going to go seven games. And again, I just think the Heat having that home court advantage, not so much because of that raucous crowd. Whoa! <laughs> because, again, the role players step up at home. Butler is not going to fuck around if it's game seven. It's going to be great. Can't wait. Sticking with it, Warriors Heat Finals. Going to be breaking it down in about a week. And uh, we'll see if the Warriors get some rest for a final start next Thursday. Yeah, coming up real soon. Real quick, came up real quick. Please feel free to fade me. I feel like the Heat are going to win out of the East, which means it's going to be the Celtics. So... Fade me. Two lines, please. Boban, 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 Boban. Two lines. All right, well, you've been listening to the Bruce B. Faded podcast. And I'll catch you next week. All right.